0: Hi, today I'm going to be sharing with you some information about identifying and detecting unconscious patterns. Hi, I'm Dr. Heidi Heron from the Worldwide Institutes of NLP. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Today, I'd like to share with you a variety of different patterns that I notice as a coach. So when I'm coaching, I don't often treat the symptom that somebody brings to me. I dig underneath to find out what are the unconscious patterns. Patterns are made up of beliefs, identity, concepts, behaviors, all of those bits and pieces that our unconscious mind filters through our own model of the world. As a coach when you have the ability to understand more about what's going on with a person instead of simply just treating what somebody brings you if somebody tells me they're anxious or they're depressed or they have fear or they're angry or they can't stop eating chocolate or they can't get out of their mind or they're overthinking something then I want to know well, what's going on unconsciously what is going on and utilizing a variety of, of tools like communicating the symptoms, parts integration, and just meta model and meta questions will help us to dig a little bit deeper. But today I wanted to t- take a look at 10 of the probably top programs or patterns that I see in people's lives. And when you can understand these, then we start to treat the patterns, maybe not treat, treat's probably not the right word, but we start to work with changing some of the unconscious patterns, which in turn will alleviate the symptomology. So if somebody is anxious, for example, I wanna find out what are the unconscious patterns behind there, is it a, a need for safety? So I'm just writing that one down, maybe we've got 11 um, that we can play with. Is it a need for safety? Is it is it the, a fear of failure, a fear of the unknown? And when I can understand this, I can start to track back and utilize some of the NLP techniques that will help me to uncover what the root cause of those patterns are. Not necessarily that anxiety, but whatever is underlying it. What I've found is that, and it's, I've been coaching now for, this is my 19th year, possibly 20th year, and what i found is that if I treat the symptom, if I just go at the anxiety, I'm missing, I'm missing key components of it. And that's where that skilledness and experience with NLP comes in. So let me fast track some of that for you and and offer some of my experience and wisdom from this. So we're going to now look at 11 patterns. And if I come up with more then we'll just add to the list. First one, we might as well go with it, is that need for safety. Sometimes people have an innate aptitude for not feeling safe and usually it comes from something in their history where they weren't safe and now this could be just a moment in time. Some people have I know have created these patterns of um, any of these patterns we're going to talk about from a one-time event in their history and it created a pattern and a cycle. So I'm looking for that. Is a person safe? Are they safe to be themselves? Are they safe to speak their mind? Are they safe to be alone? Are they safe to be who they are. So sometimes there's that lack of safety going on. That's one. Another pattern that I see very often is this pattern of all or nothing, this black and white duality thinking. And when somebody has this pattern, they will it will show up in the language, in, in their behaviors. They'll say things like, you know, I either do all or nothing. I'm on or I'm off. It's go hard or go home. So it might be things like I'm either going to the gym regularly or not at all. I'm either on a diet or eating everything. I'm either having zero to drink or I'm getting drunk. And so you'll see this dichotomy in the behavior. So this all or nothing pattern. Again, with these patterns, what I'm interested in is figuring out where do the patterns come from? And so we're utilizing some timeline processes, you know, unconscious pattern change, re-imprinting, change personal history, tunneling, that kind of stuff to track back where does this start from? Sometimes it's simple submodality belief changes. Sometimes it's neurological levels alignment, meta program, mapping across meta programs. So there's lots of things that we can do to start to work with these patterns. But again, let me get back to the patterns. Uh, Another one is perfectionism. Somebody always needing it to be perfect, which probably fits in with a fear of success or a fear of failure. But that perfection mechanism, if somebody needs it to be perfect, then they might not even start something if they know that it's not going to be perfect or if they, they don't really like the learning process, it's the I need to get it right and I need to get it right right now. So oftentimes there's not a, Um, an ability for them to allow themselves to learn. And everybody goes through a learning process. You know, first we don't know that we don't know. So we're unconsciously unskilled. And then we learn something and we have to be consciously skilled and think about it and get things wrong and make mistakes. And then we become consciously skilled and we're still making mistakes and we're very aware of it. And then unconsciously skilled. And until we get to unconsciously skilled, and even depending on how you learn, unconsciously skilled, we might still make mistakes. You know, being human and being authentic is not about being perfect. But if I meet somebody that has this pattern of perfection, I want to dig, dig, dig and figure out where is that coming from. All of these patterns, by the way, make life a little bit harder. My philosophy in life is, is life should be easy. Pretty easy. If life isn't easy, if decisions aren't easy, if a relationship's not easy, we are doing it wrong. And that simply means to me that our patterning, our programming isn't aligned with the easier way to do something. Of course, things can be challenging. We, you know, Growth can be challenging, it can be hard. But if something over time is hard, I think we're doing it wrong. Uh, perfectionism is hard. That creates so much anxiety, it creates so much fear, it creates so much self-doubt, and people become slow at something. They might be great at something, but I know people who have lost jobs and relationships because of their perfectionism. Jobs because they might do a great job. I I remember working with a lawyer, and he has been fired, had been fired, from probably about four jobs because he was exceptional at what he did, but he never met, met deadlines because he was so fastidious about the details of stuff, and I helped him to release that need for perfectionism. Now, a lot of people don't want to release that perfectionism because it suits them, it serves them in some way. They get significance that all my work is always done appropriately, that I am so smart, I can do things, I get things done, it fits every criteria, and I think the opposite belief is sometimes inside of them as well, that says if I'm not perfect, I'm gonna slack off, which I've never found to be true. That with with all of my clients so far, possibly a generalization, but with most of my clients so far, when I've helped them to rearrange that perfection pattern, they don't become slackers. They still do an exceptional job. They're They're probably now working at a nine out of 10 instead of a 15 out of 10. So they're still doing a great job, they're just letting themselves off the hook a little bit. So fear of failure, fear of success is the next one. Fear of failure, fear of success. Strangely, it's the same thing. This will be that I don't know what's gonna happen, that fear of uncertainty, fear of the unknown. Um, I, I need to know what'll happen. I won't start something if I might potentially fail at it. That failure of even you know tripping over or putting shoe on sideways. Can you put a shoe on sideways? Putting a shoe on, I don't know, doing something with your shoes that's wrong. Uh, taking a wrong turn, being seen as not perfect. It probably goes very much into perfectionism. That fear of failure, again, will stop somebody from even trying something. So will the fear of success. The fear of success says something like, you know, if I'm perfect, or if I'm if I'm successful, will I be able to uphold that? If I'm successful, what happens in my life? If I'm successful, then I have to be responsible, then I have to work more, then I have more to do. Fear of failure, same kind of thing. You know, if I, and there's that aspect, if I, if I don't even try, then I'll never fail. Well, in some people's minds, if you never try, you have already failed because then you've never tried. But I, I get it to a degree, but because this pattern doesn't really fit in me. Uh, if you've seen any posts that I've done or if you've met me before, I, I'm all I'm all for failure. Failure so that I can get feedback. I send typos out all the time. That perfectionist thing in me is not really in me. I like it to be in people that work for me though. Uh, need for external validation. Sometimes this is a pattern that comes up where it kind of feeds into, I'm not good enough. How am I doing? What kind of job am I doing? A continual continual need for external validation. In relationships, this would be a person continually asking their partner, do you love me? Are we okay? In friendships, are we okay? Are we all right? In relation, workplace, am I doing a good job? And continually looking for that external validation. They may even do it without asking the questions and just observing. This might turn into jealousy, it might turn into uh, a huge lack of confidence and insecurity, and it's looking externally, it's that what do you think I should do kind of thing. Now if this pattern gets too much in somebody's life, they will lose sense of who they are. They will lose sense of who their identity is, or maybe they don't even have a good rapport with themselves to know what their identity is in the first place. So this is a a really good one to help bring more internal validation inside. With this one, we can utilize mapping across meta programs and other advanced um, Meta programs to work with this pattern as well as any kind of unconscious pattern change to be able to access the root cause of where this one came from too. Um, Something that's popped up in the past few years is this aspect of, of not good enough but I'm going to be found out. The terminology that's being used for it completely around the world at the moment is the imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome is that fear of being found out, that you're not good enough, that a person uh, is a fraud. I meet so many people who are in leadership and management roles, men and women, who come to see me and they're very well put together. Maybe they got a little perfectionist stuff happening. Maybe there's a little bit of fear of failure in there. But they sit down, they look great. And I say, what can I help you with? And they say, I'm afraid of being found out. And there's this all this imposter syndrome this fraud kind of stuff going on So if I again can figure out where is that coming from then we can unpack this pattern it goes together with another pattern of, of unworthy and um, Not enough not necessarily not good enough, but not enough So if a per- person is doing things like external validation uh, perfection fear of failure Lots of this stuff. Again, I want to ask more questions, more and more meta questions. This is where those beautiful questions of what do you believe, what's important to you, what do you value about that, what does that allow you and give you, we can dig more. So develop those NLP skills and really get the awareness of the unconscious mind and the programs that are being being run. When somebody has this this not not enough, Or not worthy sometimes it shows up in abandonment kind of things someone will leave me sometimes it creates this this big need for approval again or not being alone um, not being on their own again it comes back to a lot of times a lack of rapport with themselves because if a person has a lack of rapport with themselves how in the world could they be worthy of something? So it's it's coming back to bringing in that, that wholeness within someone, which ultimately, you know, is part of what NLP is about. Another pattern is the need for uncertainty. Uh, a need for certainty or need for significance is also one. I think they do two different things. We'll talk about them separately. Um, but a need for uncertainty. There are some people that too much sameness either scares them, bores them, frustrates them, gets them angry, too much sameness. So there's this need for uncertainty. A lot of times I see this pattern in a a shift of jobs, regular shift of job, a um, regular shift of relationships, always needing to change something, not creating any stability. Even things like commitment issues might come back to this need for uncertainty. Uncertainty. People who get the adrenaline rush by doing um, what do those call those sports that are extreme? We'll call them extreme sports. The extreme sports and you know racing cars and parachute jumping and, and that kind of stuff is that need for uncertainty. So they like to live on the edge. Um, they love variety. They need that in their life, and oftentimes they they become the mismatcher of of relationships and and things end because it's too much of sameness for them. So this is a good one to to look at as well because there is a lot in life that's the same. You know, we, we do the same types of jobs, we're in the same relationship if we want to be in a relationship, we live in the same place. And this pattern of need for uncertainty really, really can stand in the way of somebody creating stability in their lives. And sometimes they, you know, that's exactly the client that's coming to see me is that they want some stability in their life. But there's this need for uncertainty. Um, The opposite of that is a need for certainty, which comes into uh, fear of failure and probably perfectionism that I need to know what's next. Because if I know what's next, then I can, I know how to handle it. So that's why I think it probably goes in with that fear of failure aspect. Um, because if I know what to expect, then I can be prepared for it and I won't fail. Uh, again, it, it creates problems, however, because if some, if there's, I mean, so much of life, even though there's so much of life that is uncertain, that we have certainty for, there's so much of it that's uncertain. I don't know what the weather is going to be like. I don't know what Tomorrow is going to hold. I don't know if my phone's going to ring while I'm doing this or not. I Don't know what I'll wear tomorrow. I have a trip planned soon I'm not quite sure what that's gonna be like. I don't know what like traffic is going to be like going home and Some people need that certainty to be able to understand and get through life and That's hard. That's hard. It creates also that external validation for some people So if you can see here when I start to tie them together, that means that more than one pattern exists and if more than one of these patterns exist, and I'll, I'll talk about some, some of my findings in just a little bit, there's, uh, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to actually dig through these patterns. So when I'm working with people from a coaching perspective, a lot of times on simpler stuff, I'm working with people between about four and six one-hour visits. You know, the first one is identifying present state and desired state and really gathering that information and learning about somebody and learning about the interferences that are holding somebody back and the resources that they need and digging and then starting to work out some of these patterns and other things that are going on for people. And then my subsequent visits are about utilizing NLP to uncover and transform and change and build resources to help people to get to their desired state. But if people have a multiple amount of these patterns that I'm talking about today, it might take a little bit longer to work with a person because it becomes more complex, unconsciously complex. It's a new term, I'm gonna write that down, unconsciously complex. Let me talk about a couple more, unconsciously complex. I like that, I'm not gonna write, know what that says complex. Okay, now I'll know what it means. So internally, internally referenced is the next one I want to talk about. Internally referenced is when a person has a lack of an NLP, what we call sensory acuity. Sensory acuity is the ability to be more aware of what's going on around us. That's other people, other places, other things, other people's ideas. And sometimes are, sometimes people are very, very internally referenced, meaning that they don't, know anything else they sometimes think that everything is about them they will make stories about them an example that somebody has said they'll come up with their own thought about themselves we often call these people narcissistic Um, but sometimes they're just so unaware of people this is the the friend that we all have that when you're done with the conversation they do not take any of the clues that you're giving them that says hey I gotta go and so sometimes we just have to be absolutely abrupt and cut the conversation Uh, everything will become about them they are very much me 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 oriented and this as a pattern can get in the way of relationships get in the way of success get in the way of moving forward with people places relationships and careers so helping somebody again to Put the focus outside of them. Not to the need for external validation, but a healthy balance of internal and external is, is very useful here. A um, need for significance. Somebody that has a need for significance, again this might be that narcissist type of person as well that kind of puts themselves on a pedestal and oh how good am I kind of thing. And being able to connect with that and understand that, um, might not, the person that needs that significance, Are that's usually not the person sitting in your room because they're already fine. They don't need to be helped, they don't need any coaching. So you, you're gonna rarely get clients like this. But you will get family members, friends, spouses, and coworkers of these people. Uh, oftentimes they become the workplace bully because they need to be seen above others. And so I'm oftentimes helping my clients how to deal with the person who needs that significance and how to bolster them without bolstering them, if that makes any sense. Uh, And how to manage it, because generally we're not going to change it. This person doesn't really have a desired state to change because everything's about them and they're all good. Um, And the, the final one that I'd like to talk about is globalizing or catastrophizing so when somebody is globalizing there there's so many generalizations going on you know they're always out to get me I'm never have enough money I'm always going to be late and it's also about that catastrophizing as well thinking about the worst possible case scenario continually and sometimes globalizing and catastrophizing go hand in hand and sometimes they're a little bit separate so I I never presuppose that both exist I just ask questions and figure out what's going on. Again, if somebody is catastrophizing, they're, they're making a drama out of everything. And normally their life will be filled with drama. So if we can help somebody to overcome that catastrophizing thing, and if there is drama, point it out. You know, have noticed based on this, this, and this that you've told me that there seems to be a lot of drama in your life. Do you think maybe you attract drama into life? And that's probably part of that catastrophizing and the globalizing aspect that everything comes back to the worst case possible scenario. So again, we've got lots of patterns here. We've got the need for safety, all or nothing, perfectionism, fear of failure, fear of success, the need for external validation, the imposter syndrome, not worthy or not enough, the need for uncertainty, the need for certainty, being too much internally referenced, the need for significance, globalizing and catastrophizing. So I think we now have 13 where I started with 10. And we have a new term of being unconsciously, uh, crap, I don't know how to, I can't read it. Complex, uh, unconsciously complex. Was that what I wrote? If that's not what I wrote, just type to me what I wrote because that, that will help me. People. People are amazing. We are filled with so many different patterns. And if we're, if we make, we are the ones that make life hard for us. And utilizing NLP for yourself and with others will really help us to make life easier because life is not meant to be so hard. But there's so many different patterns that go into it. These are patterns that get us stuck. There's equally the amount of patterns about, improving our lives and being the best that we can be, like a pattern of authenticity, a pattern of resilience, a pattern of a growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. Those are great patterns to have and to adopt and to model. These 13 patterns, they get in our way. And when I have a client that I can start to identify these patterns with, I can help them. I can help them even better than simply working with what they came for. Um, One of the reasons, if you've met me or I've talked to you about coaching, one of the things that I enjoy working with, I'm not quite sure why, but I think it's the complexity, uh, the unconscious complexity, is eating disorders. Eating disorders are fascinating, predominantly like bulimia and anorexia. To my knowledge, I've not had a problem with anorexia or bulimia, Um, maybe in a past life or genealogically, but this includes a variety of different patterns. So there's usually all or nothing pattern. There's usually perfectionism, a fear of failure, need for external validation, and a sense of not enough. And so I'm working with all those patterns, plus helping with behaviors and other beliefs that come up and helping to align a person with who they are Getting their identity sorted, as well as being in rapport with themselves. In NLP, we have a a presupposition, an assumption that says uh, resistance is a sign of a lack of rapport. The most oftentimes, the lack of rapport that I see with my clients is that lack of rapport that they have with themselves. And I know I have I have a um, blog post about creating rapport with yourself. So jump to HeidiHeron.com and look on my blog and you'll be able to see that blog post about building, building rapport. Forgot the word for a moment. With yourself. Because if we're not aligned with who we are and our clients aren't, we can't help. But a great thing about NLP, especially from that coaching therapy side, is that we've got so many different tools. It's not just talk therapy. It's not just coaching about where are you and where do you wanna go and let's coach the hell out of you so you get there. But we're applying our NLP skills, parts integration, unconscious pattern change, re-imprinting, tunneling, all that that stuff to be able to address these patterns plus so much more and really get the, the unconscious mind of ourself and the unconscious mind of our client aligned with their desired state and aligned with themselves. Thank you very much for spending some time with me this afternoon or whenever you're watching this. And if you've got questions, please let me know. Otherwise, I'll see you online at some point and hopefully in the training room sooner than that.